Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Supers podcast. I'm Kaylee Romulus, pronoun she, hers, and I'm a current junior in CHW Super. In today's episode, we're going to talk a lot about self-confidence, the importance of representation in the fitness industry, gym intimidation, and so much more. I have a really special guest to interview named Rosalind Mays, otherwise known as Roz the Diva. Hi, Roz. Thank you for joining. Do you mind just introducing yourself and giving a brief synopsis of what you do? Sure thing. So uh, my name is Roz, a.k.a. Roz the Diva. Um, I'm a personal trainer and pole dancing instructor, and I'm hailing from the land of Biggie Smalls, a.k.a. Brooklyn, New York. I love that. Okay, so I have about five questions for you, Roz, so I'm just going to get right into the questions. Sure. First question is, why is representation in the fitness industry so important? You know, representation matters more than anybody will ever comprehend fully. And that's, you know, it's true no matter what field that you are working or participating in. Um, And one of the reasons why representation matters so much is because if people can't see it, they don't know that they're allowed to be it. And in my case, if people who also identify as either female or plus size or extroverted or whatever your kind of otherism is, then it's hard to it's hard to relate to people who don't look and move like you. It's certainly not impossible, but there's a big challenge there. And, you know, as a minority, even in the best case scenario, um, it's exhausting because more often than not, you are surrounded by people who don't look like you or don't move like you, but you adapt. And, you know, that adaptation is a skill that every single minority has. And we, from the day that we're born, it's, um, it's needed for survival, so it's needed to thrive, but it also takes up a lot of energy. So when you are surrounded by like-minded people or you know people who are, they can physically relate to you or they have an experience similar to yours, um, just a little bit of that exhaustion goes away because I don't have to spend half of my mental energy trying to retranslate movements for to make them work for a body like mine. That person who is similar to me has already done that, has already thought about that. So they're going to move and they're gonna their bodies are going to function already similarly to mine. And it's, it's pretty amazing when that happens and um, more, more of that is needed. I love that. And I definitely agree. I, I work at a cycling studio and so I see a bunch of different instructors and also a bunch of different people who come in wanting to exercise. And the biggest thing that people talk to me about is the importance of having different cycling instructors to, who like resonate with them because I mean, they can't just have a super fit instructor out there who has a perfect skinny body and, and 
there are these people varying in sizes who don't feel comfortable going as fast as that instructor goes or or there's no modifications for them and so like even for me taking cycling classes I need to have somebody who understands where I'm coming from and understands that not everybody comes in at the same level and that not everybody's comfortable doing what everybody are doing what one person might be doing so I love that yep agreed Okay, the second question is, what are some ways you've conquered gym anxiety? Uh, I think what I tell my clients and what worked well for me was doing movements that I like. Like, I didn't, I didn't start out at the gym just doing a million crunches and, you know, doing what I used to think was like the boring stuff because I didn't like it. And I knew if I wanted to keep the gym and working out as a habit, I was going to have to start, it was going to have to be enjoyable. And that's first and foremost is, is enjoyment is probably the most important thing about whatever your sport or movement of choice is. And, you know, when you're enjoying what you do, it doesn't magically erase all of your anxiety about it but it does give you a big enough distraction. So you're no longer making decisions solely based on your anxiety, but now you've got the mental space to make decisions based on other things like how your body functions, you know, what's the result of these movements? How does this translate into Beyonce hiring me to go on tour? <laughs> and so it's, uh, that's what I found about, it's not, I don't think I've cured my gym anxiety, but certainly I give myself enough distraction where I don't, it, it does not dominate my thoughts all the time. I love that. I'm like behind my, my muted mic snapping. Cause like that is, it's so <laughs> true. Like, I, I think when you do find like the real reason you have to remember the reason why you're there. Why are you there? It's not for anybody else. It's for yourself. And so I just love that answer so much. <laughs> um, the third question is, what is your biggest tip regarding how to be more confident in all spaces? So I would, oh, that's a good question. So in terms of building confidence, um, funny enough, I'm probably one of the last people that should be speaking about that because I do not consider myself um, confident in a lot of ways. Um, I'm super extroverted. And so I think people think you can't be extroverted without being confident, but that's not true. Um, I would say again, this distraction method works really, really well. So, you know, we've talked about putting that in the context of working out is, you know, if you're enjoying yourself, then you forget to hate yourself a little bit. And, you know, I would say that can really carry to different areas of life also. And, you know, with the people that you surround yourself by, if everybody around you is miserable and they're not excited about who they are, who they're trying to be, then it's going to be really difficult for you to be excited about who you are and who the potential that you have to be. So I absolutely think 
that people have to be conscious of who they're fucking with and who is around them and the kind of energy that's being exchanged. Uh, so you're not a Debbie Downer. And so that way you're not just surrounded by Debbie Downers. And I think also, you know, with, I think seeking confidence is awkward, especially for someone like me who, you know, there's not, there, there are some things like I am naturally confident at, but if I wouldn't describe myself like that confident was the first emotion. It was things that I liked doing and things that I found out that I was good at. Um, then the confidence came after the fact. And so you can't get to this, a state of confidence if you don't test out a bunch of shit and figure out what you're not confident and excited about, because you're not expected to be confident about everything. And that is so okay. You can just be confident about one or two things and that's fine. But you also have to try out a whole lot of things to figure out what are those one or two things that you're confident in, or at least that you enjoy doing enough where you don't mind failing I love that and I think also it's like really important to remember that like we're not going to be the best at everything and so just existing and trying your best it we don't have to pretend like we're confident we can just we can just try we can just exist and I think that's really important so I love that answer um the fourth question is what has been the biggest challenge you faced in the industry thus far I think, I think, I, I wouldn't say that this has been like a personal challenge. Like people have like looked at me and said like, oh no, or at least people that don't matter or people that matter to me haven't said shit to my face. But um, the fitness industry as a whole is pretty super trash. Um, if I had my way, I'd get rid of about 75% of it. And uh, the biggest area I think of super trash is uh, marketing and this idea of everyone should strive to be this particular type of athlete and we present one body type gen we as in like the fitness industry generally presents one type of body and we've decided that this is what everyone should strive for so that i that body type usually is this head, white, young, like 18% body fat. They were due like 6'2, 175. You know, girls that boobs are, you see the boobs, but they're not super big. You got to ask. <laughs> um, and there's nothing wrong. I have a lot of friends who look exactly like that. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not the end all be all. That is not your only option as an athlete. And what's really hard is, and again, this isn't like what the industry has done to me personally, but I've seen what the fitness industry and diet culture has done to my clients. And I've seen, I'm one of the lucky ones because for all of the issues that I've had about my own body, and my own weight in particular, I got a lot of demons I'm fighting about my weight. But that fight with my demons hasn't stopped me from participating. 
you know, it's made it tough at times, but it hasn't stopped me. But for so many people, especially the people that I work with, that has stopped them from participating because they were implicitly or explicitly told that they're not a real athlete for various reasons. And that, that makes me angry. And it makes me, <laughs> you know how I kind of see myself. I see myself as like the rebound trainer, um, but healthier. Like, <laughs> as in like, you went through the first couple of trainers, they all broke your heart. And they're like, ooh, let's make weight loss the end all be all. And then when it doesn't work, the relationship comes crashing down. And then when my clients find me and I'm like, don't worry, baby, I'm not like them. I'm going to love you and we don't have to ever get on the Stairmaster again. Yeah. Like, like a very like stereotypical 90s R&B song. Like, why are you not like the rest and all the past trainers? So, um, you know, I don't even remember what your question was. I just veered off on my own shit. So hopefully that answered something. No, it definitely did. It definitely did. And I, I, I really appreciate that answer too, because I do think like, I mean, for me, I, I've been, I've been in like the fitness world or trying to be in the fitness industry since I graduated high school in 2019. And since then, so many things have changed. And because of social media, there's so many different like opinions and looks to it and things that people just, I don't know, it's all messed up. And I think there's this necessity for some of us to feel like we need to conform to these things because that's what fitness looks like and like I think in all of the what three four years of my journey I've realized that like it's always going to be changing we're never gonna it's it's never gonna be one stagnant thing and I think just with what you said kind of at the beginning like do what you love that's what matters and I think that's what I has helped me throughout the course of my journey so I think that answer was really helpful Oh yeah, a um, 100%. Um, also from an ethic, um, also from an ethical capitalist, uh, greedy capitalist perspective, you know, there is this myth that if you do not look, if you are anything close to above, if you're, if you're one pound over 140 pounds um, as a woman, um, that you are overweight and therefore not a good fitness role model. And, you know, why the hell, how you're not going to have a job. Who's going to take you seriously in fitness if, you know, if you're, if you don't look the part, but I, I want to tell you, you as a you specific Kate, you specifically Kaylee, as well as ever, all the other Kayleys out there, nothing is farther than the truth. Um, I am making good money. Um, I'm certainly not Beyonce rich yet, uh, but we're working on that. <laughs> but I can afford, I can afford guac on my tacos. And I can also afford to exist in New York City <laughs> as a single person with no trust fund. And if you can do all that while looking like me, you're straight chilling. And truth be told, there's an extraordinarily underserved fitness market 
because the number one reason why clients work with me is because they say, you look like me or you move like me or you think like me. And my, in my business, I started first working with uh, catering towards plus size women because that's how I identify. And, but what I saw was there were other marginalized athletes that weren't my identity necessarily, such as uh, gender non-conforming athletes and people with disabilities. And even though I don't have, you know, even though I don't identify as either one of those, they're like, well, we see you rocking with this one group of misfits. Hopefully you fuck with us too. <laughs> and I use misfits in like the most playful, like call myself a misfit kind of thing. Um, and so that really has expanded my reach to not just working with plus size people, although that is, you know, definitely my specialty, but really all marginalized and non-traditional athletes, because, you know, people are so hungry and so like thirsty and desperate and pleading for someone that is not the typical like traditional athlete and they need to see that that non-traditional person can be successful and um you know Kaylee I would guess that even if you have not been told so though it sounds like you have been um I would guess that there have been quite a couple people that they might never tell you but they they need you and they appreciate you because of how you look. And because you do not look or move similar to everybody else in Jane Fonda land, that is actually your biggest selling point. It's going to help, it helps me differentiate myself from the rest of the oversaturated online fitness market. And you're gonna stand out in the best way possible. And marketing becomes easier because it's not like you have to figure out who's this demographic of people and how do I, you know, learn about a plus size body or how do I learn about a black woman's body? Um, but it's something I, I don't have to learn about it because I am. <laughs> I can just draw, I can just exist. <laughs> and people are like, holy shit, me too. So um, I can tell you from someone who's been doing, I've been in the fitness professionally, the fitness industry professionally for 11 years. And I have been doing fitness as my full-time pay-the-rent career for eight years. And 100,000 trillion percent, there is a fuck ton of money to be made by fitness pros that look like us. I love that. I love that so much. That was a great answer. <laughs> I'm like clapping and <laughs> nobody can hear me, but I'm clapping the whole time. Um, <laughs> Okay, this next question, this is the last question, but honestly, I've been waiting to ask this. Pole dancing seems impossible. How did you start and how would you recommend others to start? So the best way to start pole dancing is to start pole dancing. And I mean that literally sign up for a class. And um, you're right. The first few weeks, you're going to be a fucking dumpster fire. You're not going to look sexy. You're not going to be coordinated. 
you're not going to look cute, and you're not going to feel strong. And especially if you are one of these non-traditional athletes that we've been speaking about, that goes triple for you. Um, and basically, uh, I, I'm here to confirm, like, yeah, everything that you're worried about looking dumb, that's you're absolutely going to look dumb, and <laughs> you're not going to feel good. Um, now, why the hell would anybody want to do that after I just gave it that glowing endorsement? Um, is because it is possible. Um, it looks impossible, but that's not true. It is going to, pole dancing is hard for everybody. It's going to be especially hard as shit for people who are in larger bodies. But hard does not mean impossible. Hard does not mean impossible. Hard does not mean impossible. What it means is that it's going to take you three or four times as long to do stuff as your slender counterpart. So yeah, it is not for people who look like us. It's going to take, you know, it's going to take three or four times as longer for us to get the same movements and the same proportional strength as our slender counterparts. But I can promise you, when you've been working hard at something and it, and it starts out seeming like I have to climb fucking Mount Kilimanjaro in some flip-flops and a do-rag, <laughs> but once you actually do climb that mountain, Jubilee is like somebody's bar mitzvah, wedding, graduation, like Puffy's white party, all rolled into one. I cannot describe to you the level of satisfaction um, that has come to me when I figured out how to defy the laws of physics and get my ass 10 feet in the air. Um, it as pole dancing was really my introduction into strength training because the sport was not focused on how fast I could run like virtually every other sport that I'd done as a kid. And, you know, I, I've been athlete, I've played sports all through middle and high school. So the idea of being active is not foreign. Um, but, you know, so many youth sports are based on speed. Because as a kid, you know, you're not hauling 15 pounds of muscle all the time. It's like, what the fuck else do you have? You just run. Um, but as an adult, once I found movements that weren't based on how fast I could go, but say how much I could lift, then that was an extraordinary game changer. And pole dancing was really a huge catalyst into that. Because, you know, pole, you are lifting and manipulating and hauling your own body weight. And let me tell you, there's nothing heavier on this earth than your own fucking body weight. <laughs> Even when it's not heavy, it is. And it's, 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 it's seemingly like the polar opposite of what somebody who, like me, is extremely paranoid and fighting demons about her weight. Like, well, why the hell would you do a sport where you're kind of naked all the time? And um, because it's fun, that's why. Um, and there's also the fun factor, like once you find the right instructor, pole dancing is the most fun way to fail at the gym, like for a lot of people. And I have, I have students, you know, like I said, I've been teaching pole for 11 years. I have some students 
that most people I teach, I'll only see them one or two classes. And then I'll have some other students where, you know, they'll stick around for maybe like six months to a year. And then I have the lifers who, you know, they're my OGs. Uh, they'll be there till the cows come home for years and years and years. And, you know, I can say no matter how long you stay, you know, I really try to make sure that in my classes, this is the most fun failing you're ever going to have. And to take that pressure away of trying to like go into class that you're going to look cute, like the jig is up, boo-boo, you're not going to look cute. Go anyway. Like just because you're not good at something doesn't mean that's a reason to not try it. It just means you're just going to suck at it, but that's, that's okay. And, um, you know, something I actually wish I had done much earlier in my pole career was to take a lot more pressure off of myself thinking that like I had to get a certain trick by a certain amount of time or that if once I do this move, then I'm a real pole dancer. But before I do that move, then I'm not a real dancer. I'm just someone who does this shit. Like shut the fuck up and enjoy it. Like find things that you enjoy. I happen to love pole dancing to death. Um, it has changed the course of my career, which has changed the course of my life. And I never trade it for the world. But I also totally understand if people try and they're like, yeah, not for me. But I've never met somebody who has tried pole and said, I'm a worse person because of that. <laughs> I love that. I definitely need to try it. And I feel like that was so encouraging because I feel like we're just, we're all very used to being comfortable. So being uncomfortable is like just not what we want but I think I need to get uncomfortable and try it. Um, that's all the questions I have for you, Roz. Thank you so much for your time today. It was very greatly appreciated. Absolutely. And keep you keep kicking ass there. And shout out to you and all the other aspiring misfit and non-traditional athletes. Um, don't get caught up in the hype. You belong here too. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Have a great day, Kaylee. You too. If you have any more questions, you can follow chw underscore supers on Instagram and you can DM us any questions that you'd like. If you're looking for counseling services or mental health support, you can call the number 617-573-8226. Thanks for listening.